Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So the Cincinnati Reds just beat the crap out of the Texas Rangers three times in a row. The first place in the American League West Texas Rangers uh, three times in a row Um, and did so in perhaps the most unlikely of fashions in that they came back from five runs. They came back from six runs uh, and then they hit a walk-off home run to win, uh, which they had not hit a home run of any variety since, I don't know, uh, 1814, something like that. Um, On top of all of that, it was Nick Senzel who did the home run hitting, uh, a guy who we've been waiting for to kind of have his limelight moment and to take the next step for seemingly four years now. Uh, so that was super cool. Um, it's the best week of being a Cincinnati Reds fan in, in kind of a while, I think. And so um, we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight uh, on the latest episode of Walks Will Hunt. I'm Wick. I'm your host. Joined as always by BK and Matt or Mitchell Clark, the, uh, uh, the Arkansas Reds fan. Um <laughs> Yeah, so guys, what do you think, man? It's it, it's legitimately like probably the happiest it's been to be a Reds fan in a while, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I would say the happiest since the the first week of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, they were coming off a completely miserable run of form before getting Texas, um, and that's probably something we could talk about a little bit as well. Is just the nature of not just that it was Texas, um, but it's a three game series in great American ballpark where they've kind of established themselves as um, you know, in, in horse racing, you used to talk about a horse for a course that, you know, sometimes it's got the tighter turns or the longer stretch or the, the, the dirt or the turf that whenever they run there, they run better than they do anywhere else. Um, you know, this, this young team, it was, it was only a matter of time before you started throwing a horse racing. Analogy we're, 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 we're a week out from Derby. Uh, so we, <laughs> we, we got to do that. Um, but it, the, the fact is, sometimes, especially for young teams that are searching for an identity, sometimes it might be a little bit easier to just um, they just play better at home. You know, that that's the routine that you're that you feel comfortable in. And despite the fact they've still been outscored at home, uh, they've played 15 of their 25 games so far this year in Great American Ballpark. And they're what? They're nine and six, I think. Uh, including a sweep of the first place Texas Rangers. So uh, it's 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 exciting, I think to see that there's a little bit of a core that's beginning to um, to take shape, at least when they have the cozy confines. And that's been cool to watch. And this was the latest example of that. 
Yeah. And uh, I think what I was just thinking about, uh, you know, what felt good about that series is, you know, looking at their schedule, there's been some blowouts, but it seems like every one run game for the most part has gone the other way. And so the fact that they won three close games where they had to mount comebacks, you know, hit a walk home run in the last game to walk it off. It kind of felt good to have all three of those games, you know, luck be on our side. So that that's what I think was the most fun about that series uh, earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were what, there were one in one in seven, one in eight in one run games coming into the series, something miserably unlucky like that. So like, you knew that there was going to be some good fortune that was going to happen at some point uh, to get all of it in kind of that, that quick burst and three consecutive games. And on top of all of that, the Reds bullpen uh, was good. They were good through all of it. You know, they, they held yeah. themselves into games and, and let the offense uh, have an opportunity to come back um, from a reasonable yeah. margin like that, that, that hasn't happened in forever with the Reds. Right. I mean, even if you look at, you know, usually the starting pitching has been a strength, but, um, you know, they won all three games of this series and they really only got one good start. Uh, you know, Graham Ashcraft's start was great, but, um, you know, Nick Lodolo gave up six runs. Uh, Luke Weaver gave up six runs um, and they found a way to win both of those ball games. And it's just, you know, I think that is just kind of the like, I, I don't feel like we would have seen that in previous years teams. Um that ability to fight back that just kind of, you know, that team camaraderie, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's fun to watch. And, um, you know, it's, it definitely will make the next, uh, n- next homestand even more fun. No, no, about it. And I think, you know, the, the, the most lasting, we're recording this on, on Thursday night. So it's the first off night the Reds have had in three weeks. I feel like, um, but so the most lasting image we have is how that most recent game ended, which is which is Nixon's L stepping up and knocking a ball out of the ballpark in the ninth inning, and and the Reds walking off and winning five to three. Um, I can't remember exactly where Senzel was to finish that game, um, but the larger point is they've built a roster with such a distinct kind of platoon split, but also positional flexibility that it's almost starting to round into form that the, the, the Reds roster and David Bell as manager playing these cards, he's got like three options for every scenario, you know, and uh, on, on the front end that, that sounds cool because it's like, Oh, cool. You've got the right answer for every single situation. Um, but it's also so malleable that it means that he's got to start trying to think two or three steps down the road and, um, you know, if I make this one change there, how can I make the two changes that it's going to result in the next inning and um, where my platoon vintage is going to be there. But the fact is he's got so many players that can move around the diamond um, to help make that work that that's that's the way he's been managing this year. And um, it's been very almost distinct platoons. Uh, Jake Fraley, I'm not sure, has seen a left-handed pitcher uh, in, in the entire season at this point, it seems like. Um but Senzel kind of seems to be the one guy who I think really unlocks that. Um, you know, Will Myers uh, certainly can play first base and can play around the outfield as well until he hit the injured list today. Uh, but with Senzel and his return, we've already seen him literally everywhere. I mean, we've seen him in the corner outfield, center field, third base, second base. We've seen him all over the place. And to see 
his bat kind of begin to round into form and show up also. It's almost like the Reds and he have both discovered that like his intrinsic value is greatest because he can be anywhere you need him to be at any time. And that kind of unlocks the entire rest of the roster. And for me, that was also kind of the coolest part of um, admittedly a very small sample three game series, but um, for, for a guy that had such talent and such prospect pedigree that just ran into, well, he ran into walls. He ran into walls like four times. That's part of the reason why he's been hurt so often, but it just kept running into injury after injury after injury to see him be the guy with the big hit in the most recent game to, to wrap up that series sweep. Uh, you can see how much it impacted him. Like he was being pretty damn emotional, uh, not just in the celebration, but in the post-game interview. And I, I, you know, the optimist in me wonders if this is the kind of thing that, you know, he finally, he finally knows his role, which might be Ben Zobrist light. Uh, whereas he's going to be the, 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 the key centerpiece for whatever the game plan is, regardless of who they're facing it, it's going to involve him being in center field, third base, second base, and all over the place. Um, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from him as he's gotten back on the roster back and healthy and whether or not that really actually seemed like just a flash in the pan or something where he might begin to build off things going forward. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you said it best when you said like his presence has kind of unlocks everything, you know, now we have that guy that can play everywhere and, you know, we he obviously has the talent, you know, we saw it in college, you saw it in the minor leagues and, he just as soon as he got up to the big leagues it was injury after injury after injury so yeah I mean I I hope as long as he can stay healthy like you know we saw the last couple of games what he's capable of doing um you know I think he had five hits over the you know of over the last two games of that uh Ranger series so so yeah it's exciting and uh you know I, I hope that it continues and you know he he kind of finds that role you know maybe not as the everyday center fielder but like you said the the guy that can just they can plug in where they need him that day and and you know that's where he's needed yeah i mean it's it's crazy to see like all the you know he had five hits in the last uh two games of that ranger series but he had five hits coming into that ranger series on the whole season yeah at the big league level so you know it definitely seems like he uh, he, maybe he was pressing when he came up. Maybe he was kind of starting to feel the pressure of just being that, you know, number one pick or, you know, first round pick for the Reds and, you know, really needing to, you know, this is his window. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, what we've seen out of him as far as his versatility goes is, you know, it's something we were, were always sold on some of these prospects of, you know, Oh yeah. Like, we when they get when they come up they can kind of play all over the place but then you know you far too often we would see him get to the big league level and whether it was david bell or brian price or you know whoever they would you know stick him in one position and then it was you know oh they can't play anywhere else and so it's really interesting to actually see david bell kind of moving some parts around and um seeing kind of how it how it goes and it definitely makes things more exciting to watch yeah it does and like it's just it's almost the inverse of things as well because i feel like uh you know this is me projecting i don't have a specific example i'm talking about at this point but um historically i I always kind of thought that like when the when the young prospect came up 
that's when he was the most versatile because they would put him everywhere they could to kind of fit him in the lineup to get him started and getting going. And then the older you get, the more he's established he gets. And then they, he fills in the one spot and that's where he is. Um, you know, I remember like when, when Trey Turner first came up, he played center field because the nationals were so stacked that they had somebody else at shortstop and they were like, well, center field's there. You go play there. We need your bat in the lineup. Um, with the Reds, it's been like the inverse of that. It's been like, nope, you're our center fielder and that's it. And then like five years later, after you've been banged up all over the place, like, nope, now you need to play five different positions. So um, it's just, it's, it's interesting, but maybe he's just the kind of guy that, that will thrive off of that and know that he's got the ability to, you know, in theory, be the answer for a couple of different scenarios every single day. And, you know, for the, all of the injuries and the fact that his offense hasn't ever really lived up to what we hoped it would be. Um, he's always looked like a pretty competent, pretty good defender everywhere he's been put. And so, you know, if you get him in the lineup every single day and he can be that guy who can move around and allow Bell to, to put a lefty or a righty in when he needs to at whatever position in, you know, as I mentioned earlier, unlock things, uh, maybe that's just the, the right, you know, mental uh, 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 way of transmitting to him that he's got value still. And despite the fact he's been so banged up that uh, he's got a good fit and he can do something for this Reds club that nobody else really can. Maybe just maybe I'm this, this is me hoping here because um, you know, it's, it's not often that you see first round draft picks who come up at age 23 or 24 or so, and haven't made it by age 28, 29. And then all of a sudden do, it's even less likely that you see it happen when it all happens within the same organization. You know, I mean, every now and then you see a guy like a, I don't know, like a, a, a Josh Donaldson's the guy who comes to mind. who was a first round pick and it took him till he was 27 or so to, to finally stay healthy and a couple of organizations later and then really break out. I'm not suggesting Sinzel is going to follow that path, but I'm just, I'm trying to think of another comparison of a guy who was a first round pick who just, struggled and fought it and struggled and fought it and struggled and fought it. And then at 28, 29, you know, on the yeah. cusp of free agency, like suddenly, suddenly blossomed. But, yeah. you know, he's usually, got- you know, as you said, usually organizations kind of crap out on those guys. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, the fans usually turn on those guys and they are kind of good candidates for a change of scenery. And, uh, you know, if they're, gonna bloom then they they usually don't do it with the team they're drafted by yeah because they hit arbitration they get expensive and uh you know it's it's rare that teams stick with guys long enough to just let it find out but i guess that's one of the rare benefits of being um rebuilding for so much of the time that since hell's been with the reds that uh he's still getting opportunities yeah. because they're still throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks and so uh that's uh, I, I, I hope as I, I guess I'll leave it with that is I hope that this is something of a turning point for him. Um, that obviously it all comes down to health. Let's, let's be honest here. If he'd been on the field enough over the last five years, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. I don't think not that it, that would have automatically meant he would have been a superstar, but I think if he's healthy over the last five years, he was good enough to provide enough value where he would have played and found a role, uh, before we would have had to you know, be talking in 2023 about where he fits in with the rest of this roster. So, um, right. And yeah, it seems like every time in the last couple of years, he would start to heat up. It was like that next injury was right around the corner. Right there. Yeah. Um, and who knows, like, I mean, maybe a few more games in the infield, you know, keeps him that's fewer games in the outfield where he's going to be crashing into walls and stuff like that. And maybe that just keeps him on the field a little bit longer too. 
Yeah. So I'm interested yeah. to see what the, uh, what the Reds do. So they made a couple of roster moves today. Um, Graham Ashcraft hit the, uh, the bereavement list. Uh, his, his grandmother passed away earlier this week and he obviously got very emotional during his start um, in the final game of the, the, the Rangers series. Um, so he'll be, he'll be out for a couple of days while he's, he's, dealing with that with family and whatnot. Um, Casey Legumina got called up to be uh, a reliever in his stead, but this is all announced on a day where the Reds aren't playing. So we'll see kind of the residual of that along with the Will Myers move to the injured list. Um, they still haven't announced who that second uh, activation is going to be. And that's the one thing I'm kind of interested in, in seeing because um, the options for that spot are – uh, a certain future Hall of Famer who's kind of been stuck in nebulous rehab in Cincinnati after his initial rehab ended. I I, I don't get the the real clean indication that he's going to be the guy that gets called up, but um, there is a six game road trip coming up to the West Coast. Uh, they're clearly going to have to take somebody with them to fill Myers' role. Um, it's not going to be Jason Vosler who's played some first base, who just recently got. Uh, DFA clear, cleared waivers that is down in Louisville. Um, but you look at what else is at AAA, and uh, today specifically, um, their offense went completely freaking nuts. Um, Matt McLean, Christian Incarnation, Strand, Elliot La Cruz, today was kind of the, the coming out party for the trio of them. Um, McLean's obviously been healthy all year. And has hit kind of how he's hit today all year. Also, he's had a tremendous start to the season. Um, but Ellie De La Cruz got activated about a week ago as well. Uh, had been quiet for a couple games to start before going nuts today uh, against Kyle Hendricks and the Iowa Cubs uh, as, as Hendricks was rehabbing down in AAA also. Um, but Christian Encarnacion Strand, who was the star of spring training, um, finally got back on the field about three days ago, hit two home runs today, had a five hit six RBI day and kind of projects as the first baseman of the future for the Reds. And if Votto is ready and Will Myers is out and CES is already doing this after doing everything he did in spring is, is there a chance that he gets called up? Is that, is that something like that might happen right now already? Has he shown enough to really say, yeah, let's go ahead and roll the dice and do it. Uh, BK, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think there are lots of options there. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that I don't think Joey's going to – this is this is not Joey's uh, time to come back. It doesn't seem like at least. But, you know, it really depends on where the playing time is, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to tell what they're going to do. I mean, are they going to hit us with Will Benson? Are they going to move? They can't, right? Are yeah. they going to move, move Sinzel to third base and Spencer Steer to first and be like, well, we need an outfielder now, and it's going to be Will Benson who, for all the talent that he's got, has struck out, I don't know, 75 times between AAA and, and the big leagues this year. I, I just – if it's not him, it's got to be somebody off the roster, it seems like. And I don't know how you go off roster and not at least think in Kardashian Strand, in part because Matt McLean – I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think the position is definitely part of it. I mean, if if what we're looking at with Joey Votto is, hey, maybe he's not going to be back until June or, you know, hopefully not. But, you know, if, you know, we haven't heard any updates. Right. So um, so maybe it is, you know, it's hey, we need somebody who's going to play first for the next 
you know, four or five weeks, um, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's where you look and see what, see what you got there. Right. Arf, are they going to hit us with, uh, with Matt Reynolds again? Are they going to do that? Honestly, Matt Reynolds or uh, Will Benson is the most Reds thing that they could do. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what they're going to do. They've got three catchers on the roster. You move Tyler Stevenson to first base, and suddenly you're like, oh, well, we just need a, a versatility guy, and it's going to be Matt Reynolds, and they're going to DFA a reliever uh, or somebody. They're going to they, they're gonna get a fourth catcher on the roster. Yeah, get a fourth catcher. always have three if you move, uh, if you move uh, Tyler to first. So, yeah, I just – I feel like it's it's I mean, obviously they set us up with sweeping the Texas Rangers. So there is optimism here. They're going on the road to play Oakland, who has been abysmal this year, like on an on an epic level. They were that minus one hundred run differential through twenty games, which I think hadn't happened since like like the dead ball era, maybe. Um so it's like you you see that on the schedule, you know, it looks juicy. You see what's going on at AAA. You know who the top guys are. And it just says, do you, do you catch lightning in the bottle and just make the move now with at least one of them and bring them up and say, boom, like they've cleared the the service time problems for all intents and purposes. Assuming they don't come up and finish first or second, then the rookie of the year voting or whatever the new particular rule is for service time manipulation. But um like it just it almost screams to me like you got the guys down there you got the injury at the big league level like it's a perfect segue to like bring up Christian Encarnacion straight and bring up Matt McLean like they look ready and do it and I just I I, I just have no faith that that's what they're going to do which for the long term maybe is the right decision it's just really hard um, to see them go homer list for eight games. Um, cobbled together and I literally mean cobbled together three wins against the Rangers because it came with with errors and, and strategic base running and bloops and uh, two missed bunts and then a, a single later in the count like it came every possible way you see in baseball from a generation ago but not the current generation of baseball there was no big home run except for Nick Senzel eventually that got them there um, it just seems like they're going to not do that and they're going to downplay that. And I, I don't know what to think about that, especially when it's also not going to be Joey Votto. Yeah. Um, it, it would be nice to, for them to throw a little bit of excitement, you know, or hope into this season, um, especially after this, you know, after the Ranger series where people are fired up, at, you know, getting that sweep and stuff, but uh, just a little tidbit. Um you know, Christian Encarnacion Strand has played three games. He has as many home runs as Jason Bossler, which is better than anyone else on the Reds. So I was going to say, yeah, the, the, the current leader, BK, you mentioned this on the last podcast, the current leader in home runs for the Reds uh, got DFA. Nobody claimed him. <laughs> now he's back at AAA. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's a very, very interesting situation. Still is, even yeah. after that uh, great, <laughs> even after that great Ranger series, uh, you know, it's been all week. Nobody has uh, stepped up and taken taken the crown yet. That's that that's remarkable. It's truly remarkable. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left before we wrap this up. I, I'm just trying to think of other other topics. Um, we kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, but um, Nick Lodolo has has struggled badly in back to back starts after looking through the first couple starts of the season 
like he was the best of the the three young Reds starters. Um, admittedly, I did not get a chance to see his first bad start. I guess that was against the Rays, I believe, where he gave up um, eight runs and a couple dozen hits. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to watch that. I was I was um, stuck in a canyon in Utah doing a fun backpacking trip and completely ignored that one. But I did get a chance to watch his second start uh, against the Rangers, where he also did not perform very well um is there anything that you've seen that looks off with him or that looks like it's more than just a blip on the radar from a young starter um Arf, have you had a chance to watch either of those starts or do you have any input on on, on what he's what he's been doing the last couple of times out um i watched a little bit of that start against the rays um i did not get to watch his start against uh the rangers the other night um I'm curious, you know, I think we mentioned it on Monday night. I mean, that is, he was facing like two of the best offenses in the American league. So I'm curious to see how he does, you know, against Oakland this week um, against a much less potent offense. I mean, he handled the pirates very well and they're first in the division right now. And, uh, you know, he handled the Phillies pretty well, uh, struck out 12 batters that first time out against them. So, and they, I mean, got a pretty good offense this season as well so you know I, i'd kind of like to see where uh you know how he does these next couple of starts when he's not facing teams who can score at the rate that uh that texas and tampa bay can yeah that's a good point it was it was the rays it was the rangers and it was two games in great american ballpark which you know that's that's a pretty good recipe for if you're gonna blow up that's that those are the days you blow up on and he certainly did it's just it's you know for uh, i think for most of us the idea that the Reds would go anywhere, not just this year, but in the next couple of years also, um, it's because the rotation that they built with that kind of front three and and some of the guys, you know, Andrew Abbott specifically, we haven't had a chance to talk about tonight, but uh, who's been promoted to AAA and is striking everybody out he sees uh, along the way. Um, it's going to be their pitching that kind of is that 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 initial carrier that gets them – um, back into play, you know, back into play in, in standings where suddenly we're actually watching uh, the standings and see how many games they've won because the starting pitching is that good. And once you get that kind of starting pitching, that's when you start to invest in the rest of the roster. Cause let's face it, if you don't have starting pitching, it's not worth investing in the rest of the roster because you're not going anywhere in the first place. Um, Hunter Green's rounded in the form. Graham Ashcraft has been brilliant all year. Uh, Lodolo is a big, big part of what the Reds are this year and going forward. So to see him struggle like that in back-to-back starts is just kind of like, yeah, I yo, hope that that's just a blip on the radar um, for, a, for a guy who, admittedly, I, I'm not looking at it right now. I could probably look it up pretty quickly, but he's still only made, what, like 26, 27 starts as a big leaguer. So um, I think if ever you were going to chalk up uh, 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 unfortunate results to inexperience and good teams. Hopefully, that's just all that is, and they get that right quickly because we haven't heard anything else. We don't know if it's a, yeah. a dead arm or, or or whatnot going on. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a little bit early after just kind of two bad starts to kind of be speculating on something like dead arm. But yeah, twenty four starts uh, in his whole 24. career. There we go. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I. I I'm looking forward to seeing what happens against, you know, a different offense. Um, you know, going to Oakland might be just be what uh 
what cures him. Right? Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, because uh, we got Oakland first and then off to San Diego, and I think that's going to be a pretty damn fun series to get a chance to watch uh, this just epic Padres roster that hasn't quite put it all together just yet. Um, and hope the Reds can sneak in a couple games against them before that said epic roster puts it all together. Um, because, you know, it's 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 hard to look at what the Padres have done and not not find humor in it and find enjoyment in it. Like they've they've taken the fact that other sports vacated their city, that they're not necessarily a big TV market, that they're dwarfed by Los Angeles. They've been dwarfed by the Dodgers for years in the standings anyway, and the Giants with their three World Series titles over the last decade and a half. Um, went out and spent just madly. And uh, I've put together a roster that, like, you you want to watch that because it's kind of an all-star team that's going out and playing every single day. Um, I'm very interested to see how that series with the Reds uh, uh, goes because um, I just hope that that's not the series that that sleeping giant out there in San Diego wakes up and, and finds their form because when they do, that's going to be a, a pretty amazing, amazing offensive club and incredible pitching club uh, to watch for the rest of the season. So, um, but as the Reds head West, which historically has been a uh, just an awful, awful experience for Cincinnati clubs as they head West and, and uh, have their seasons just decimated by uh, all the West coast clubs that, play late at night and nobody sees and you look up and they've lost seven or eight out of, out of nine or 10 games they play out there. Um, at least they're heading into that with some pretty damn positive momentum. And let's just hope that this, this, this Rangers series that we just watched is uh, a springboard. Cause if ever there was going to be, you know, two big walk-off wins or two big comeback wins, rather followed by a big walk-off win against a club that's got postseason aspirations and, and all the above um, what better way to, to, to set that up. So uh let's hope let's certainly hope um any final thoughts you guys i don't think so. no i just, mean uh, just yeah. Yeah, good excited to uh see them play on the west coast against the team that's you know a little bit worse than they are so hopefully uh you know some of these guys have been struggling it's, it's kind of a get right series for them uh you know especially like we talked about uh lodolo and you know, maybe Sinzel keeps that momentum rolling after the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, let's see. The uh, the Reds have gotten very used to playing in front of no fans at home. So, and they've excelled there. So maybe, maybe on the road in Oakland, where there will also be no fans, might be the the right spot for them to 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 pick up uh, right where they left off and keep going. So we'll hope. Yeah. We will certainly yeah. hope. Well, and uh, let's uh, throw this tidbit in here too. Uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, born in. Walnut Creek, California. So just saying you want to give him a homecoming for his debut might be not a bad idea. Six games on the West Coast. Yeah. So let's uh let's make it happen. I'd be Christian in Canarcion Strand, starting first baseman. We're uh, we're hearing it more and more. I, I I don't hate the idea at all. And frankly, I love it. Um it's it's kind of hard not to suggest that he shouldn't be that guy right now. So um We'll see. We'll see. We'll watch this weekend. We'll watch as they head to Oakland. We'll watch as they head to San Diego. And we will uh, be back with more Walks Will Haunt next week as we see where the Reds go. Uh, obviously, they played 25 games this year, 15 at home. Um, they got to get caught up on the road quickly. They'll do that in the next week or so. Um, and hopefully we're every bit as optimistic and giddy uh, this time in a week as we are today. 
because we should be. I mean, sweeping the the Texas Rangers is a big deal. Um, they played well. They deserved it. They made the big hits when they needed to, and they finally hit home run for the first time in, in God knows how long. So, anyway, for uh, for BK and for Arf, I'm Wick. Thank you for joining us for another episode of this, and we will catch you next week.